0: What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 131 of your favorite podcast, The Gordi Podcast. I'm Rochelle Smele alongside my co-host, Brandon Long. And today we are going to talk about steroid misuse. What is happening? What are the items playing into steroids being so misunderstood, so misapplied? And we're just, I wanna fill in the missing links that we have here. I think you guys are gonna greatly enjoy this conversation. There's a ton of information inside that you can take away and start applying today. As always, Grow Night Podcast brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements, Shoes code Mahaley at checkout to support your boy in the pod. Please leave us five stars. I greatly appreciate it. We're getting so close to 700. I will see you inside. Hey. You know my ex and that makes it all feel complicated. Yeah. It all feels complicated. I read those texts and I used <laughs> US whatever <without> <laughs> made it. <laughs> How was that? That's a 10. That's pretty good. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, uh, it wasn't bad. People driving to work, it's 5 a.m. and they They're just, now. they now. They, they yeah, They. I've never even sang to Megan. They love it. Dude, they love it. They're ready for the day. They're
1: serenaded by Jay Mahaley at 5.30 in the morning. Not much
0: of a music, uh, music guy. Oh, and wait, I'm a huge music guy. I just promised you guys I would sing on this podcast. A <laughs> <laughs> man true to his word. Yeah, dude, what can I say? So the other night, I, uh, I had a massive punch in the face. Remember, that was that last night? Was that, that was last night, remember? I was like, dude, you don't believe I got an email for it. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> I got an email for my 10-year high school reunion. 10? <laughs> Ten? 10 years.
1: That's a decade.
0: That's a decade. I'm an old motherfucker. You dude, just got your decade dude. reunion. <laughs> Bro, you know what really fucked me up? There was this meme that I saw on Instagram today. By the way, have you ever checked your activity time on Instagram, see how much time you spend on there daily? No. Yeah, don't. There's a thing? <laughs> yeah, don't. Actually, you should. Oh, yeah, I, 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 was, I was like just assessing like some time management items, because I don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Dude, I spend like five hours a day on Instagram.
1: Shut up. Pull up yours. How do I do it? Settings?
0: Um. Yeah. Pull up your IG. Mm-hmm. If you guys, uh, if 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 you guys at home, uh, want to see that too. I believe. Let's see your activity, time.
1: Your activity. Oh,
0: three three forty four. My bad. And my goal is to get it down under two.
1: Mine's two forty.
0: Yeah, that's bad. I waste three hours and forty five minutes wow. on a day. I know.
1: That's insane. Average time. That's your average time. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's your daily average. So, my goal is to get it down to tough. almost
1: three hours I spent on Instagram.
0: Yeah, my goal is to get it down under two hours. That's nuts. But, like, if you know what we could do
1: to just troubleshoot this? What? Download a different app.
0: Yeah, dude. Something else that takes our time. I need yeah. to stop playing video games <laughs> again. Something.
1: <laughs> we could cut that in half <laughs> easy. I don't know.
0: I feel like all it is work. Well, you know, whatever. That's very different. You thing feel like guys. that? And then you look at stuff like that? I know, but <laughs> but a lot of my time on Instagram, you know, I I, I view Instagram. Um, I it it's still it gives me somewhat of an outlet here and there, because you know there are people that I learn from. Obviously, I mean a majority of my friends uh, that I talk to day to day, I actually met you know via Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm on there, like I kind of feel like I'm like promoting you know the business and stuff
1: yeah semi-working like,
0: yeah like everything yeah it's like semi-work like everything i'm doing like has something to do in line with like the brand mm-hmm. but like i think where i need to cut like stop viewing why do i need to view anyone's instagram stories and like i sit there and like let it play q a's and just like see what everyone's doing mm-hmm. yeah i don't pay attention to anyone but like three people's I can think of three people's Q and A's actually pay attention to. Thanks. And how do you say you're not one of them? <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? So when I did say that, I was thinking more so in bodybuilding room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so paid so to To you and Megan's Q and A's. Um... I, 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 you know, I enjoyed Danielle's Q and A's. Yeah, they're good. The other day she did that Q and A. Yeah. And she, it, 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 did, did I say about this? Which one? Um, she started like every single one. She started like every answer with, so, and so. If uh, you clicked through, I noticed like five or six clips in. And so if you went back and like clicked through them, it was all, so 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 so. so, so. <laughs> <laughs> I told her at the gym chat stop doing that. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the, like there's some like there's definitely some clients I pay attention to. I think maria has some good Q and A's. I don't sometimes.
1: think we think we're wasting as much time as we. Really I, know. On Instagram. I know. I know. I mean, that's my biggest platform for promoting.
0: I know. I wonder what you guys think. Like, do you guys feel like you're like wasting time on Instagram? I know a lot of folks listen to this are you know coaches and trainers in their own right. And yeah, like you always, um, you know, it's like the Gary Vee model, right? Um, like always talk to your audience, mm-hmm. always talk to your fans. It's the Jordan Syatt model. And you know, responding as well, to comments, and... been a great mentor to me, um, in in my business. Jordan Syatt's a great, great guy, but you know they their approach to conversions is always be in front of your audience. Um, and I, I, I think there is power in that yep. because if you're not talking to them, somebody else is. Um, but I also, I also, you know, have a very strong belief that I'm like in the Lamborghinis of coach town. Like we've talked about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Lamborghini doesn't have commercials because their folks are not staying at home watching TV. Like that's right. kind of the same with mine. Mm-hmm. My people are listening to podcasts mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that. But I don't know how I went from the 10-year high school reunion to, you know, oh, because I saw a fucking meme. And the meme tripped me out because, you know, you just scroll fast. It said, isn't it wild that people born in 2000 are turning 40 years old this year? And I kept scrolling, like, thinking about it. I was like, wait, what? What? Well, whoa ah ha ha lol like it got me like i was tripped the fuck out i'm still tripping out yeah (laughs) yeah you ever see those memes they're just like they're like they're they're like a lie, like mm-hmm. they're you know, whatever you might call it. Yeah, them, dude. and then you're just like, wait, what? Yeah, that would trip me out for a second. I was like, huh, what happened? this. Yeah, dude. You know what I've been thinking about all day It those tacos we had last night. She's fucking. Wow, Christ. Know, good. I'm thinking about him again right now. I I thought
1: we were gonna go about an hour ago. <laughs> I know. Dude, we
0: might. We might go into this podcast tonight. It's very young, but man, God, tacos are just so fucking good. Well. And especially, you know, in in the you know, for dieting purposes, right? Like if you go to a legit taco place, like that place, like yeah. none of that shit was cooked in oil. Uh-huh. Like it was so easy for me to fucking make a meal out of. And it. You could track and it really yeah, easy, so to- fucking easily.
1: Yep, um, that's important. It's so important.
0: Yeah, our, 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 most of our food decisions are based around tracking. Mm-hmm. You know what I, I was think about today when i was kind of critiquing and assessing my current kind of how i'm coaching people currently and something that i'm going to start implementing i kind of call myself out on um a little bit because like i i i i struggle with the component of bodybuilding that like we can't always get better right like you can't always be pushing more 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 further 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 um and like I consider even, like, prolonged rest and whatnot still pushing further. Right. Like, that is pushed further. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have an unrealistic standard for a lot of folks to meet, including myself, to where bodybuilding is always the forefront of their mind. Like, so, when we do something, I'm thinking about bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Even like when we go out, it's like, that's kind of where the gallon jug came from. Like it's like, how, is how do we hydrate? Us. Yeah, how's this going to affect us? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I it doesn't need to be that way for everybody including myself so i was thinking today about uh, again it's like some critique um items that i want to try i I, want to i'm gonna try with the clients that i really trust a lot i'm gonna try like incorporating like cheat days things like that but not necessarily like a full day of like Go to every fucking restaurant there is mm-hmm. in, in your town and like eat it all. Mm-hmm. Just like a day that's like stress free and like, you know, make it guilt free as well. Like, what do you want to eat? Yeah. Like, and by, you know, clients I trust, I mean, like, some people you can tell it to and they're going to go have four slices of fucking cheesecake and they're going to fucking you know they're just going to fuck off and like set themselves up for a really poor time later on like i'm talking about like you you know you want to you want to go out to dinner and um you know get a chicken salad get some popcorn shrimp appetizers and you know get a fucking you know whatever Mm -hmm. you know like just a stress yeah i don't want you to to track it or like worry about what's in it like Um, because I, I don't really ever let off the gas, um, with myself or my clients. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I'm, I'm kind of viewing all the relationships in my life right now. As I start this prep, um, just about like, you know, in prep, I get extremely selfish. Um, and you know, as you work your way into higher levels of bodybuilding, like you will too, Mm -hmm. because you know, there's a lot on the line, like I can't lose. There's right. a lot of time and a lot of effort, yeah. and it's I, I you're I years deep my, at this point. I can't point. get my ass kicked.
1: Right, you're years deep at yeah. this point. It's like so much time you've put in to get to this spot.
0: Yeah, to get to the spot of, your, I'm a winner now.
1: Yeah, you won't and, ever be in and, this position again.
0: Yeah, and like champions do championship, right? Like champions win. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I feel like going into this prep, I need to figure out how I'm going to manage all my relationships, including the ones, you know, with you guys on the podcast, how can I be two weeks out and still providing value? Like, there's going to be a time of three or four weeks out that we cut back on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Because I'm just not, it's just not going to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to have probably two episodes a week rather than three, and, like, that's going to be a massive stress relief, right? Um, But, like, where where can I just improve on these relationships, I guess? Where can I put, you know, my energy um, into certain things? But I think it's little things like just being able to turn off, like having that cheat day um like i know matt you know you know utilizes some of that stuff Mm -hmm. um um and you know being able to go out and make a meal work um like little things like that i want to not be so selfish this prep and like so that's a big goal obviously like the only real goal of the prep is to win right but like it's always been like win at all costs but i think the cost has never been as high as it is now right because we do have you know, 60,000 folks tune into the podcast every, you know, week or every month. Um, and that's just now, you know, that's only growing. Yep. You know, it's going to be, by the end of prep, it's going to be a 100,000 a month. There's going to be a 100,000 people relying on us, you know, to show up, um, you know, provide value, provide LOLs and entertainment, all that stuff. I um, mean, you know, obviously, Megan, you know, here, you as a training partner, you um, you know, just everyone and you know everyone in, in our life. Um, so, Michael going into prep, I'm telling the podcast for accountability is selflessness. I like that, rather than being selfish. And
1: I feel like the group that you have around you, this yeah. prep. Like is so bought into what you're doing that they we don't. won't really seal it as see it as much as selfishness. Yeah, you know, like we we want you to win. I've never been around as, a
0: conducive environment for a prep before, so I'm really we excited want you to that. win
1: just as bad as you want to win. Like, yeah, I, I you know what I like, mean.
0: Like, um, I don't think many people understand like when I say it's like bigger than me, it's not just like team Haley either. It's like, no, like the people around me want me to win so bad. So, bad. and like most honestly, like most people, and you know, I'm grateful for that. Cause I haven't been around that previous most times. It was, you know, just been like, Oh, you know, we hope you do well. Right. <laughs> right. But like, obviously there's a different standard here. No, like um, you said, so
1: it is going to be different this time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be different. It's going to be better. I, I think, you know, so at, at the end of my Mr. Ohio prep, um, you know, it. You know, I, I won um, and I got off stage. And, you know, it was the first time in really like four months I really allowed myself to feel anything. You know, I got dumped at 12 weeks out from that show. Mm-hmm. And I never like processed those emotions or I like, felt anything. I just like was in robot mode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you get off stage and, you know, you kind of realize like, oh, fuck, there's some really amazing people in your life that you've just completely neglected. And now, for me, yeah, Mr. Ohio was worth it. Um, it. It's it was worth everything that it took, you know, including the failed relationship. It was it was worth all those things. Um, but like I said, you know, the cost is just higher now. Like last time I competed, I think TM had like 280 clients. You know, now by the time I compete this year, we're going to be back over that 700 client mark. Right. Um, obviously the podcast the other companies that we're starting you know it's th- th- there's just a lot at stake so i'm really excited to see how this goes um and i you know i, I want all of you guys hold me accountable too if it's fucking nine weeks out and the podcast is like not as fun as it used to be i need you guys to fucking dm me and let me know like dead ass I, you know i want you guys listening to hold me accountable too um yep. you know don't just give me a get out jail free card now and two weeks out, there's not gonna be much emotion. <laughs> we'll probably just have guests on, honestly. I'll take I'll do some podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, not worried about uh, it. I'm just yeah, I'm just I'm just kinda gonna coast in there. But no, I, I, I do appreciate how invested a lot of you guys um, are in this prep um, as well. I'm not gonna be posting any physique stuff um on Instagram, but I'll definitely be updating the podcast just because I fucking love you guys. Man, we have a cool community here. It's really close knit. And I just appreciate you guys so much. But today I wanna dive into uh, the truth on steroid misuse and kind of went back and forth on if I want to title this abuse or misuse um, I, I think you know abuse is just a really that's a really really strong word and I don't like how dummied down um, and loose many words are utilized um, nowadays um, I'm sure you guys can kind of pick up what I'm putting down and so like like abuse is you know another one that like I, I, think, I just think misuse is a more appropriate term because you don't have to be abusing steroids to use steroids wrong, right? Um, and so I think that uh, there's a massive element of people who are just utilizing too many steroids. I think there's a massive element of people who don't actually have real um, anabolic steroids or strong anabolic steroids. They have, you know, rather weak um, stuff that... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just bunk. It's, it's not really good. So they might think they're running a gram of tests when in reality, you know, the actual effective dose is like 200 milligrams or, you know, whatever it might be just for whatever reason. I mean this, you know, with anabolic steroids, you're relying on the black market. Um, like these, these people are drug dealers i mean quite frank they you know they, they they are so like it's you know they they want to make their money and like they want to do their thing and they want to like skate stay skate safely um how would you know. go
1: about like if you're like just getting into it you know how would you go about your first cycle uh, you know, black market wise like how would you go about man, finding nowadays
0: dude yeah. honestly i man because it's so different from when i started mm-hmm. So when I started anabolic steroids at 22 years old um 21 or 22 um which for reference is actually quite a bit later than a lot of um my peers at a similar place in bodybuilding a lot of them actually started before 20 um and you know at, at the time, obviously I didn't realize that, but everyone's stupid in the beginning. So that's one piece of context taken to this. like I was a fucking idiot like when I did my first cycle, everyone is. you're not going to be very educated unless you have a really good coach. When I when I started, there was someone in Cincinnati, there was a gym owner in Cincinnati who had a reputation for you know he has some good stuff. Um, hit him up, you know he'll help you out. And at the time, I was a pretty big-time in-person trainer in Cincinnati. You know, I had won back-to-back Personal Trainer of the Year awards. And Cincinnati, so, I, you know, I, I had a decent network there. had a well-established name. Um, I definitely rubbed a lot of the older trainers wrong just because the young guy was winning awards. So I was nervous when I reached out that it wasn't going to be taken well because I know some of the trainers at his gym didn't like me very much. Right. And I remember I, I reached out. um, And, you know, he said, yeah, you know, come on by. Um, You know, we'll check out, you know, kind of what you want and all that stuff, X, Y, Z. And, you know, so I did. Um, It it, it was, even for someone who had no idea what was going on, it was pretty sketchy, to be honest with you. Um, it, It was like I went into the gym, I went into his office, and he had like a safe... And he, like, opened up the safe, and he, like, had a bunch of steroids in there. Wow. And, then, like, you know, it was eventually, like, um, you know, kind of just briefly walked me through him, but he was, like, you got to tell me, like, what you want, and, like, I'll get it for you and all that stuff. He didn't even, like, like right.
1: give you, like, an idea what you should take? No, no. He he wow. wasn't,
0: you know, he was just a, just a dealer, mm-hmm. um, essentially, and a gym owner. So, you know, I told him I'll take some testosterone and some Winstraw. And you know, I got some testosterone, got that some Winstraw, so got out. Yeah. And, uh... You know, I, I, I didn't really know how to administer the testosterone, uh, the wind straw obviously was oral, but he had a liquid one that tasted like bubble gum. I remember, um, Mm -hmm. and at the time I said, Oh, this is cool. Like now I realize, I do. That was so bunk. Like Mm -hmm. it's not going to stay, it's not going to stay potent in that, you know, in that solution. Um, so, you know, I was, I was taking the wind straw every day and I was real hesitant on the testosterone. And then my best friend at the time, you know, he, he started as well. He went with me, he got the same things. I had read about it a little bit before then, but I definitely was educated. How much were you taking a week? So I was doing 50 milligrams of one all a day. I remember it was one dropper. It was 50 milligrams a day. Um, And, you know, I like, you saw a little bit. I mean, it's it's still an anabolic steroid, right? You know, it's 50 milligrams a day, and I was like uh, 190 pounds. Like, you know, you you saw some stuff happening. How much test were you taking? Um, So... Then we started the test like two weeks and we started tests because it was like, all right, the windstraw is really good. Like, you know that the test is way better than the wind stroll. Um, So, like, we we, we need to like We're just going to start. It. I'm going to come over. We'll inject each other. And then, you know, from there, we'll like, we'll just kind of keep coming over every day Monday and Thursday or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Tuesday, Friday, Wednesday, Saturday. And we'll just inject for a train. Um, and I remember being terrified of the injection, terrified of injecting him. I remember the soreness, you know, thereafter. Um, that you know, persisted for a while. And like it's not like it was good stuff, but you know, all of a sudden I was 200, I was 205, I was 210, I was two fifteen, I was two twenty, and my diet wasn't on. And my training wasn't on. Actually, in the next podcast, we're gonna talk about my training back then as well. That I think you guys are gonna get a kick out of and just how things have, you know, uh, evolutionized as i've you know learned some training mastery uh so be able to go for that 132 um but you know the scales climbing and you know the facial hair started coming in which for me was a huge thing um i I really wanted to like have a beard like i thought it was manly and it's cool it is fucking manly it is fucking cool (laughs) but there's this girl and for confidentiality's sake we'll say her name's katie and katie and i were friends at the gym right okay and, you know, she was there from the evolution of when I started as a front desk guy at 170 pounds. Like, now I'm like 210, 220. Um, and, like, we, we, you know, so we had a solid LOL friendship back and forth, obviously, in the beginning. And, like, there was no mutual attraction there. Um, and then as I'm getting bigger, I noticed she talks more. And she flirts more and she gives the look and she gives the signs on stuff. And so at the time I had never really been with a woman that was like really hot. All right. Um, and so like, this was a big moment. Like it was pivotal that Katie was like starting to show interest. Right. And so then I fall in love with taking anabolic steroids because like, (laughs) this has never happened. It's getting you hot girls. Yeah. Like this has never happened. And then there was another girl who, again, the exact same situation as Katie, um, we, we are not friends at all this day anymore oh, I'm not real sure what happened one day I was just blocked <laughs> I don't know I don't know but we'll say you know we'll say her name was Jess and so Jess and Katie are in there and you know these relationships are blooming from extremely platonic friendships 170 to, pounds to at, at 170 pounds to like now we're texting on the regular outside the gym at 220 there we go and I'm going out with my friends this weekend and they want to meet up that like this is when the evolution of oh man i really love this lifestyle kind of started because like as you got like i come man i I was just not like a very confident kid i wasn't a super secure kid i wasn't like that good looking i know like my mom be like oh you're always so handsome i I, like i can't i didn't really get girls at all Mm -hmm. um and you know so like something that you kind of crave as a male is, you know, being an attractive male to get that, you getting know, garnishes female attention. Attention. getting female attention is a massive thing. Right. And every male goes to that phase where like, it just doesn't happen. There's none. And you like, like through that phase, you kind of learn and evolve as a male, um, you know, to, you know, just be able to garner more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so now it's happening to me in real time, you know, then things got sexual in these relationships. And that's when I was like, I was all in. i was all in that's when i started researching even harder how can i diet better for more gains how can i train better for more gains what can i do in my lifestyle better for more gains and that's when the the entire just revolution of bodybuilding in my life took off is before i ever stepped on stage wow it was like from that uh you know the 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 confidence uh you know the, the yeah, I mean the girls was a huge thing. Um, like, these were the two hottest girls in the gym, and I'd never fucking had that attention. And you know, then the attention just kind of comes from so getting attention from bigger guys yeah, in the gym. Exactly. <laughs> like now they want to train with you, right? And these dopamine hits just keep happening and happening and happening. And, you know, that's why I know some people say, like, "Well, you can't be addicted to steroids." You're know, not, 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 not necessarily. But man, I believe you can. I mean, I would say I am. I mean, fuck, I've been taking them nonstop yeah. for... I the mean, result
1: I've, of steroids is kind yeah, of... Yeah, I haven't come
0: off in like three or four years. You know, I go down to cruise dosages, um, you know, very low dosages for, you know, six, eight, ten weeks, whatever, until my blood work is perfect again. But there's definitely a addiction that takes place um, neurologically and... You know not there's no physical addiction to steroids but there's a neurological addiction 100% yep. um, and men are much more prone to it than women I mean man I, I, I work with a lot of women who use steroids and I I don't know and there's not a single one of them that show any signs of any form of addiction guys on the other hand it's it's a high clip. I mean I mean after using fucking gear now and right you've been through a blast yeah. and you've been through a cruise, could you ever actually come off?
1: I don't think so. It would be tough, No, huh? I just feel so scheduled too. I know. I feel like I'm on schedule. It's part of your regiment. It is. It yeah. holds your regiment too. And it makes when we came off, I kind of felt like like what 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 next? Like when what you is, dropped the dose. Yeah, when we yeah. dropped the dose, I'm like, okay. What next? Yeah, because like you I'm, were on
0: 150 milligrams of only tests for like three, four months. Yeah yeah three and a half months ago. Yeah, yeah so it's like like what next is right and like it's frustrating because like you're training alongside me and you see damn this dude made a 30 pound weight increase plus five yeah, reps over so three fun. fucking weeks that's so frustrating yeah you and it's like just
1: smashing i Yeah, like barely climbing and I, and I
0: went up you know one rep over two or three weeks with the same weight like yeah oh it gets frustrating yeah but like you know now we're back to having and
1: now fun and now, now we're having fun again <laughs> Yeah. I, now I'm repping the exactly. 150 exactly it's you, like that We God, yeah. I missed that so but, much but but
0: you know that shows that we did it right mm-hmm. like you were at the 120s on dumbbell flat press forever now you're hitting 150s just two weeks back yep. in or something like yeah. that like it's that's how yeah, like that's how fast it happens and but that also like we're doing it the right way like we have shit in control you're you know you're regimented um, you know with your training with your approach That, that that's the right way to do it and, you know a lot of the, so, so to get back to your original question I start this conversation, where would you start now? Man, I, I don't even know. So how it works now, I'm not even sure if I should divulge this information, but it's the fucking, it's my podcast. I can kind of talk about anything, right? Mm-hmm. So how it kind of works now is, I want to keep this as surface level as possible. Someone to reach out to you and this person has a really good pharmaceutical source pharma is obviously like the top-notch shit you can get um not every anabolic steroid is pharmaceutical grade um so like they don't really make pharma trend or like pharma a um i don't think there's like pharma mass around there but there might be pharma um you know there's definitely tests and mpp but there's only
1: certain levels of yeah
0: so there, there are some very, very, very mm, high-end steroid um, uh, labs, I guess, going on on the black market. Okay, I'm talking about people who invested millions of dollars right. into a, a legitimate lab that they literally run steroids out of. Yeah, and probably real all fucking all doctors legal, and real scientists. Oh, uh, real. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's. A lot of chemists Mm -hmm. in this realm who I have, you know, interactions with. Um, Like, it's legit fucking people. And they're making a lot of money. And they, you know, they have it fronted and regimented to where it's a legit business. Um, I mean... I think everyone knows what they're doing in there, but they're paying their taxes and they're doing their fucking shit. They're dotting their eyes, crossing their fucking T's, right? Like yeah. it's only illegal to so many people <laughs> when a majority of the police force is using it. It's <laughs> only illegal to so many fucking people. It's only illegal if you're not making cash off <laughs> yeah, of it. Dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's only illegal if they ain't paying the taxes. <laughs> um, and so when you kind of, when you like get a name in the industry, I guess, the sources sort of approach you and ask if they can help your team out, and then you kind of weed them out however. Right. You know? Okay. Um now I'm not saying that to like you're not gonna hire me and like I'm just gonna like source for you. Like, no, I, I I very, very, very deeply uh vent uh vet everyone who uh you know I actually divulge any sort of information to, so it's not that fucking easy. Um but Finding a source now, man, you just. Uh, I don't even know if I have an answer for that. Really? Hire a coach I mean, that you really fucking trust. Yeah. You, I mean, have you, your you morals get, in line.
1: You get people in your DMs, I'm sure. asking oh, yeah. Me where do yeah. you get your stuff? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I even have people ask me. Yeah. Have, like, some, it, have
0: some integrity with how you function and like they'll find you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, man. There's, I mean, there's people at every fucking gym. Then nowhere to get. That's it. where
1: I got my first one. Yeah, was from yeah. the guy at the gym. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you left them in a locker. As that's wild. Modem.
0: That's wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah. It, that's how most people started, I think. Um, but like, if there's if it's a company that's on, you know, forums and stuff. I I I've used some of them in the past, um, and like I had some okay stuff. But once you have good stuff, you, like, know that it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's it's a big difference. All of a sudden, you're using a fourth of the dose and getting four times the results. Exactly. I mean, exactly. It's, yeah, it's... I was taking it's, 600 it's, a week. Yeah, and you I, weren't seeing shit.
1: I, I mean, I was because of my first cycle yeah. when I was doing it myself. Yeah. And then I was taking, like, Three hundred. Yeah, when we first started, and I was seeing
0: yeah twice the results Way more. Yeah, yeah I'm just like, it's one of that yeah. happens. It is one of that happens. But I mean, there's definitely some you know pretty crazy things. Um, that are going on i know i talked about trust on here before i recently had a client uh come to me who had been on uh, 700 milligrams of trust um a week for 12 weeks at that point like when you work up to a very high dosage of an exotic compound especially trestolone, which um methylates into an a, a estradiol that's actually not native to the human body um so the, the, the estradiol that it methylates into as it aromatizes is pretty, it's very, very, very toxic to the body. And so, you know, alongside letrozole, you definitely have to run some pretty strong AIs um, sometimes, uh, or alongside trestolone uh, And what I was saying was strong AIs like letrozole, uh, which is a very, very strong AI. I know I talked about that. On the podcast, just a little bit. We usually run that at the end of a contest. But I remember you—you you were on. I remember yeah. when you started Letrozole. I was like, "This is when the hell starts." I did it. Uh, yeah. liquid Letrozole. Yeah, I was like, "This is when hell starts." Like this—this yeah, this is when it really fucking sucks. Because Letrozole is not a fun drug; it completely tanks your estrogen, and it tastes like um, shit. And it tastes bad if you do the oral one, uh, which Letrozole can stay suspended in, in a uh, solution, in a liquid solution, um, but. Like like this person came to me and, you know, Tress is 700 milligrams a week. You should be seeing insane results, right? And like their physique was, they, you know, their physique's... Pretty average it's it's pretty baseline there's a lot of guys who um you know in, in in a good gym will you know look substantially better than this guy like his body's not ready for that much toxicity not ready for that much drug um when I see people with echo over a gram a day prolonged that one's tough you know makes your hemoglobin go pretty high um and you know What thickens your blood probably shouldn't be used in super physiological dosage. I mean, the highest I think I'll go with EQ is like six, seven, eight hundred. But we're not going to keep it in for a prolonged amount of time. Like at at like the four to six hundred dose. I'll keep it in for a while because I think that's a really effective dose for it. But if you go over six, it just it's not going to be in there for a super long period of time. And You really have to stay on top of donating blood um, when you're utilizing EQ. Like, if you run it for longer than six months at a time, you definitely you need to donate blood. Um, I would say every like three four months on ecopoisson. Some people are like you know twice a year. Like why not just be safe rather than you know sorry because also you know how it responds. To everyone's so bio individual. Um, and donating blood's kind of like getting an oil change anyway, especially if you are pushing steroids. Um, but Equipoise over a gram for, uh, a guy, obviously, um, women, you know, can utilize Equipoise as well and it have really good effects. But, um, I, I, definitely, I don't think I'd really recommend under any circumstance going over like 150, 200 total a week. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see why that would ever be needed, um, there's a coach out here doing 100 milligrams of Anivar plus SARMs for women. What? Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. What? I think cycle design not being understood is a big deal as well. So cycle design, I I, I know that I overshare on the podcast often, but cycle design for me is rather simple. Um, I want to I try to break this down. I don't really have it in my notes. So I want to kind of try to take you through the chart of... How I cycle design in 60 seconds. Um, let's see how close I get. I got you. Yeah, we we're at 3205. Mm-hmm. All right, 60 seconds begins. Now, so essentially I'll take someone's lean body mass and I'll multiply it by like 12 to four for a guy. I'll multiply it by about 12 to 14 uh, milligrams per pound of lean body mass. And that's kind of going to be the maximal, um, you know, cycle safe spot, if you will. Right. With women, I'm much more arbitrary, much more black and white. Um, you know, I, I, I like keeping compounds um, like total compounds used, um, under 150 milligrams total a week. Um, I, I would say 90% of my women, it's under 100 milligrams uh, total per week. Um, but so for me, 14 times my lean body mass is about 3.2 grams. So for a lot of you, you're going to be like, 3.2 grams? That's a shit ton of steroids. No, it's the kind of it's what my body can handle. It's based on lean body mass. So, you know, in your lean body mass, that's what androgen receptors are. That's where, um, you know, that, that that's where the muscle actually is that that steroid's affecting, that things are actually binding to and where, you know, Items are actually happening. So, cycle design you have the end goal in mind, or you have the highest possible dose in mind, and then you have a time frame in mind. Say you want to work up that over the next 20 weeks, you're going to be in a blast cycle. And right now, we're starting here, and within 20 weeks, we might get up to a 3.2 if it's absolutely needed. So, now we assess the physique. What are they needing the physique? Are they estrogen uh, sensitive? Meaning, they aromatize at a high clip. Does their physique need more of a volumizing effect? They have kind of a a, a skinnier, a a leaner to build. Um, That that would be more so me, whereas Brandon has a more meatier build to him. Like it's a more puffy look to the muscle. Um, And so, you know, you kind of decide which steroids you're going to take based off those two factors, based off previous cycle history and what you know works, doesn't work, how it makes them feel, X, Y, Z. And then the actual performance goals, you know, there's steroids that are better for aesthetics, there's steroids that are better than performance. And over the next 20 weeks in this cycle, we're gonna take all these things, plug them in, and I will work up to a max range of 3.2 grams. Only if it's needed. Only if it's needed. Now everyone doesn't work that way. Matt actually, my coach, doesn't work that way. That's how I do things personally. That was not 60 seconds.
1: That was hundred and
0: fifty seconds. That's all right. I think. Did you, Did you learn? I learned. Yeah. All right, then the people learn. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Elevating SHBG too high for usage and making up with more steroids at sex hormone binding, binding globulin. Um, this essentially will, uh, for layman's terms, trap some of the uh, some of the injected anabolics or the ingested anabolics. It'll trap it. It won't allow it to have an actual effect. Um, you know, within the body. It's gonna trap it as a testosterone conversion. Not gonna have an actual effect in the body. So it gets essentially wiped out and mitigated. Um SHPG being high is oftentimes why people have low T without actually having low T. So I got a client's blood work in today. Um actually I'm just I'm just gonna Yeah, I was gonna you. say, I'm just gonna read you his fucking blood work, the values in his blood work. Um Let's see, where is his testosterone? Because I want to give you guys a really good example for this. So his testosterone is uh, 385, which is within standard range, but way lower than I'd like it to be. His calculated free testosterone is about 53.4, but his sex hormone binding globulin is 54. 58.5, which is, you know, outside standard range. So here, when you see these results, it looks like, well, you know, it looks like testosterone is good and XYZ, all that stuff. Now your sex hormone binding globulin is literally taking a majority of that testosterone, I shouldn't say majority, a large chunk of that testosterone that you have available and it's pulling it just basically out of commission, not allowing it to be utilized because this is a this is a feedback loop for your body to keep hormones in balance. Is that sex hormone binding globulin? It's, it's one of its most ins- essential jobs, right? So in his blood work, it doesn't look like there's any issue, but then you see the SHBG number. There's no issue with testosterone. So you look at that SHBG number and then you know you realize that it's very high that he, and he has signs of low testosterone um that you know we need to throw something in there so you know that's why a boron is utilized um boron can lower shbg a natural way um and you know i recommend um you know I recommend anyone who's utilizing TRT to really utilize boron alongside of it as well. It's just going to help you. Um, It's just going to help with the overall absorption and the time um, that you are on that testosterone. Um, But So your SHBG gets too high and you don't do anything about it and you just add more steroids because you're not getting the effects of the, of the dosage you're currently taking that you anticipated because that SHBG is too high. And so you just add more on top of it. Well, that's like throwing gasoline on a fucking fire while you're trying to put it out. Right? Like while the fire department's there trying to put it out, like why, why the fuck would you do that? You're inhibiting the job getting done. Um, too much liver toxicity. So steroid isn't being broken down properly. This is a big one. This is a really, 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 really huge one. Um, you know, the, 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 liver breaks down, uh, you know, the androgens in the body and allows it to be utilized and, um, you know, converts it methylates to however needed, right. For your body to be able to read it and utilize it. So, if your liver is not operating super properly, then you're not going to be utilizing the steroids that you are taking. Um, if you're running a cycle, I think you should be utilizing Revive Liver. Um, now, you know, you might be a client of mine running short cycles. And be like we well, you know, I'm not taking Revive Liver. Uh, it's it's because your liver vice haven't shown you need it. And it's because, you know, the cycle you are taking is so freaking mild. But I think it's a good idea for everyone to take the Revive Liver. It's, I, sa- I it's safe. Why not? it's safe yeah it really is masking poor effects of the anabolics using ais and so actually let me go back so uh, something else the liver is very important for lipolysis if you're in a dieting phase and you're not dropping body fat the way that you feel like you should be check your liver values um, it, you know your your liver your liver getting backed up will not allow you to drop body fat it quite simply will not and it's just like if your kidneys are shot going into a show and you start taking diuretics nothing's going to happen you know your liver Allows you know helps you get really fucking shredded. Your kidneys like to get really fucking hard. Like make sure they're both on you know on point. And your livers and kidneys are directed f- directly affected in a very toxic manner by steroids. Masking poor effects utilizing AIs and serms rather than allowing the cycle to play itself out and responding with the body showing us people just like super dose. AIs AI and like, act like everything's okay and fine and well, because, like, you can't see any extra, uh, estrogen effects, um, like, negative effects from that if it's fucking tanked, right, so you don't even know how the cycle's actually playing out, um, but I think it's also deeper than any of the things that I mentioned here, um, I think there's a massive element of just a lack of effort, uh, made up with the dosage. Um, I think it's adherence issues. I think it's, you know, being 80% on rather than, you know, 92, 95% in the off season, obviously hundred percent on prep. I think people try to make up, um, you know, for not having the extreme motivation to like work out when your show's really far away to work out hard to like train like an actual bodybuilder. I don't think enough people are training do or die. Um, you feel like they're taking, you know, I, the foot off the gas? Yeah, yeah. They're kind of putting, they, they put it in cruise control and then they make up for it by, you know, their 500 milligrams or a gram or, you know, whatever it might be to their cycle. Right. So they still make these results, but like everything's, you know, everything comes at a cost mm-hmm. and there's a price point to pay for this. You yeah, know, instead so, of hitting
1: your food, you're going to. Up your dosage, or yeah,
0: training harder, you're gonna up your dosage. yeah, because the protein's hard to eat, and so it's like, well, you know, if I have 460 protein scheduled, man, you know, if I get to 320, if I just have you know a little bit more, um, you know, protein synthesizing capabilities, I can just bump up my anabolics and it's all going to be fine, um, like you know add 100 milligrams here or there like it doesn't matter what coach says your xyz like that's not really that's not how this works there's there's negative and positive feedback loops to literally everything um and so every decision you make has a consequence that's just going to be equal to that decision right right you take testosterone shoots up your body's testosterone values your body uh, counters with estradiol elevating as well body might counter with progesterone dropping your body might counter your body does counter with cortisol dropping you know like like there's a there's an entire negating effect here it kind of happens whenever you do anything so just adding more just has a lot of toxicity um you know a lot of people's bodies can't handle that actually i had a client who you know we were doing all we were doing our due diligence and um this was last year he didn't get as lean as, as we wanted him to he still won show but i wasn't happy um, with the final look um they, you know what happened was his livers his liver and kidney just wasn't able to handle it wasn't the anabolics cuz we didn't change the anabolics from the time he was good with his blood work to the time he got bad the only thing that changed was the food and the stress on the body it wasn't able to handle like the breakdown of protein from training wow and it wasn't able to handle like the stress from the cardio the dieting so what we really needed to do was pull back the training and cardio and he would have kept dropping getting leaner well Mm -hmm. i didn't know this until um you know after prep i went back just like what was going on you know i had him get blood work three times in the last 12 weeks and then i had him get blood work right after the show and right after the show same cycle he was on the exact same cycle uh, coming out of the show and we upped the food there was no cardio happening nothing you know because for some clients, we keep the same cycle after, if, you know, during their rebound phase if, if they're not in, if they haven't been running a long time, if they're feeling really good, if all the biofeedback factors are coming back. But with him, I was trying to do, like, some research. Some I was trying to find out in real time what's happening. Yeah. You're like, trying to troubleshoot yeah. what went wrong. And all of a sudden, he sends me fucking pics on Wednesday, and he looks like a new fucking man. No cardio. No cardio. No diet. Yep. He just been living life. Dude, he had dropped, like, nine pounds. Yeah. Wow. He, he looked, he looked fucking better than healed. Yeah. And like we talked about doing another show and I was just like, dude, COVID's fucking crazy. And he was, he's, he's in a hot spot. Um, so it's actually good we didn't because the other show ended up getting canceled. Wow. That shows do... how important that biofeedback yeah, is though. Yeah. And so like, but I've never had that happen before because like, I was like, man, we we're not pushing drugs that hard. We've been on the same stack for a while. Yeah. His body just couldn't handle. It. And he works a really high stress job. Very high stress. Um, like physically and mentally. Okay. so you know, that 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 didn't help mm-hmm. all we had to do was stop dieting and cardioing and really just train a little bit really pull the training back literally train a little bit sleep and recoup and his body would have been good so it's like you know learning through that kind of fucking right. sucked but that shows how important this is mm-hmm. i don't think people are training do or die i think people are just going through their sets just you know like like dude everyone trains hard right everyone fucking trains hard like every I mean, workout hurts to them. every yeah every set hurts like if i'm gonna put a gun to your mom's head and you're telling me you can't get another five i bet if i pull your mom in the gym right now there's a gun to her head you get another five 15 right like that's how people need to be training and if we train that way every single session we can get away with utilizing less steroids we can get away with less internal toxicity. We can get away with less mass side effects. We can get away with better overall fucking health while we bodybuild. I think people don't put enough effort into, into form breakdown when training to failure. Um, this is kind of skill mastery. Um, like I referenced earlier in the podcast, I do an exceptional job of it, but it's not where I want to be yet. And when, when, when I post or when Nick Walker posts, or Matt Jansen, or uh, Matt Berzikot, um, um Ashley Jones, uh, there's some other people. When, when, when we post a training video, I know what you guys do. I know you watch the first 15 seconds, and you read the caption to pick up, and then like you go on to the next one. The most important part of those videos is the last 15 seconds, not the first 15 seconds. That's where you learn. And you know if you watch my dumbbell row video, if, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in a safe place, I'm um, not driving or something, pull up my dumbbell row video from the other day and watch that entire video all the way through. You're going to notice, I mean, dude around rep 6, that started hurting so bad. Eight, I felt like I was dusted and gone. 10, I was like this like the entire body sensation of just misery was so high. And then you know I was able to get to 11. But my form looks the same on number one and number 11. Right, yep. That's skill Mm master. And that's the important part. I watch Nick Walker post like a three or four minute hamstring rest pause um, um, set the other day. And I watched the entire thing and every single rep looked identical to one. Well, that's how it should be. It's because you're paying so much attention, but you put so much time in just doing shit the right way. Not like i we're going to talk about in the next podcast i went through my phases of how fucking strong can you get man i was a strong motherfucker i was stronger than any other Bodybuilder in fucking in uh, in Austin. That, that's for sure. Like yeah. I was a strong motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of point. why you first walk into the gym and yeah, yeah to get lift, strong as lift fuck, the heaviest shit you can. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not near as strong now as I was then, and my entire physique looks so much better. Well, why? It's the it's the control of the train. It's understanding intentful training. Um, it's 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 understanding how to train like a bodybuilder, how to push yourself to true failure while keeping everything you know in a in a, in a good and tight. place throughout your entire set um so you know form breakdowns big because once your form breaks down yeah you might have more left in the tank and you might be pushing 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 but are you still simulating that target muscle is the is the primary bias still the primary mover and a lot of people lose that um, i mean brandon's a very skilled lifter but he still loses it like he's still learning it and you Know, I, I I don't know what your guy's training background is, but he gets to train with me every day, like he gets to see it done, he gets to be pushed every single day to that place. And he, tra- he you know, he's getting there, he'll, he'll get there. But most, you know, he's more metic- meticulous than most folks are here in this situation. It doesn't happen overnight, let no. alone in five, six months. It takes, yeah, a, it takes long a long time. time. So, I believe you have to experience how to properly train by, um, you know by training with someone who's truly better than you train with someone who's truly doing it the right way um, you know I feel that way about everything like I feel like watching me go through this prep Brandon's gonna learn a ton about his prep I'm better at prepping than Brandon is right. I've done it for a long fucking time yep. And you know same with Megan um, I, I I think there's gonna be a lot of items learned here that are gonna carry over to his next one if you've never seen someone diet if you've never seen someone do their cardio the, the right way if you never see someone diet to get to 4% body fat if you never see someone do their cardio to get to 4% body fat while preserving muscle mass if you've never seen someone train to get to 4% body fat while preserving muscle mass if you've never seen someone live to get to 4% body fat while preserving muscle mass then you don't know what it takes and you're either going to have to learn on your own over a long period of time which is what I had to do until I you know got really tight with Seth Shaw who won overalls at North Americans back in 2017 Um, and I got to see a tail end of his prep where I mean dude I remember his 300 Pro. It was no fat. It was no carb, and he was riding like two hours a day on the uh, recumbent bike. Wow. And like that's when I learned. Yeah, that's not, when I learned when you what say it took. when
1: you have to see that. You're not just talking about on Instagram seeing the highlight reel. I'm talking about you got to live it
0: exactly. You got to like live. You along see the good shit, shit on Instagram. Yeah, or or hundred percent. And you know all. I'm not going to share much about the prep on Instagram. There's plenty of pressure, um, you know, that just kind of comes with the territory. But on the podcast, I'll talk about it and, like, share things with you guys that might be able to help you. And I know, obviously, I mean, all my clients listen to this podcast, so hopefully it just helps them, um, you know, as well. But the closest thing you can get to it is, like, when you see an Instagram video of training from someone who's training properly, the people I mentioned earlier, dude, watch that whole thing. The first 15 is nothing. The last 15 is where you understand and where you learn what they're talking about or what they're trying to show you. And there's a lot of coaches who put a lot of emphasis on things other than training, which, you know, is a huge deal with our PED misuse. Because, again, um, I mean, there's a lot of coaches who, you know. Are, are talking about never train to failure don't go to failure rir um you know all that stuff and rir for those you don't know that's reps in reserve um so the issue is you can tell someone two three reps in reserve there, there's not a single person on instagram that i follow that trains rir and unfortunately i've followed probably 30 50 people i see earlier that, that train rir that is training to anywhere close to what the rir called called for It's supposed to be RIR2. So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take that set to a place. You have two reps left in the tank. And, I mean, honestly, at the end of the set, they're probably six, seven, or eight. Yep. That's why I say just train to failure. Yeah. Because what your perceived failure is is not failure. Probably
1: isn't true failure. Yeah,
0: but the only way to learn true failure is by practicing every single day. So, yeah, every session you're in the gym, I have failure programmed. Mm -hmm. For all of my clients, if you are in the gym, you are taking sets to failure. Maybe not all of them. You know, it depends on the amount of volume you have in your session, but that's a practice that you have to practice every day to learn and understand. You can't just practice it once or twice a week or once or twice, you know, he just here and there, you know, you have to practice and refine that skill every single day. Tom Brady throws routes every single day. Why does Tom Brady throw routes every single day? He's been doing it for 40 fucking years because he knows he can get better. Exactly. So why would we just train the way a bodybuilder should be trained, the way that we know a person is going to place the most stimulus on the body to force an adaptation of growth and improvement for bodybuilding? Why would we only go there a couple times a week? That's stupid. That is not bodybuilding. That's half. That is that's stupid programming. It's poor programming, and there's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. Doctor Mike Israel, one of the smartest guys in the industry, you know, he talks about this because he does a ton of RIR stuff. Mm-hmm. But he talks about the issue with RIRs. No one knows how to fucking take it to F. No one knows how to empty the tank. Right. You don't know how to be empty. Yeah. All you know is being full and going into the next set feeling good. RIR 2 is brutal. Yeah, it's still hard. That's a hard set. You can train to become a professional bodybuilder at true RIR 2, but no one's doing it. Mm-hmm. No one's able to do it the right way because no they don't understand. They don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, there's coaches that put more emphasis on diet and cardio. I think that's a big no-no. I, I, it's, this is bodybuilding, it's not cardio building or diet building, this is bodybuilding. We are building the body to be the biggest and the best it can be. There's people missing meals. If you're missing your food intake, then you are not going to become a better bodybuilder. Everyone wants to look over the guys in Iran and Kuwait what are they doing what do they do they don't miss they don't miss anything it's not the drugs it's not the xyz they hit their sets they hit their meals they hit their recovery they hit their drugs they don't miss injections they miss nothing they just execute at a really high level I, some i really 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 want you to, to to really go all into here a majority of you have coaches a lot of you are obviously on my team which i greatly appreciate be perfect for one week. I'm not talking about you just hit your macros, you hit your training, you hit your cardio. I'm talking about live like a bodybuilder who's two or three weeks out from the Olympia for, a one, for one week. Go to bed every night at the same time, wake at the same time, do your cardio at the same time, take your supplements at the same time, your food, everything across the board. Do it for seven days. Watch what happens. I mean, eat, sleep, breathe, bodybuilding. I mean, it is your top number one all-in priority over the fucking top. This is what matters and this is what I'm going to do for the next seven days watch what happens in that seven days with everything in your life outside bodybuilding too like check in with your coach and watch what happens over those seven days i'm talking about all in you guys i'm not talking about just zeroing out your macros your training. i'm talking about all in i am a bodybuilder preparing for the biggest stage of my life and do it for just seven days and hold yourself extremely fucking accountable or else this isn't i mean It's not even worth trying for a second if you're not going to do it for seven full days. Watch what happens in those seven days. You're going to be amazed at what happens. A massive part of steroid misuse is the fact that people just aren't going far enough, hard enough, suffering enough, buying in enough or doing the shit that it takes to be an elite level bodybuilder that they want to make up for in dosages and these huge growth hormone surges and using all this insulin and just doing all these things while not looking out for the shit that actually makes you a better better bodybuilder. You can take all the fucking drugs in the world. You can inject them every day and it's not going to make you near as good as someone who's truly living that lifestyle. So I think the root of steroid misuse, of course, we can point to knowledge, of course, you can point to shitty coaches, of course, you can point to all that. The root is you. And your effort and how far you're willing to go and how much you're willing to sacrifice and suffer to be an actual good bodybuilder is lacking heavily. So until we fix that, we're never going to fix steroid misuse. Episode 131, I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you next time.
1: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help.